Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I've got a new beer, guys. You're joking, aren't you? Eh? You've got a new beer? Elliot's got a new beer. What's it like? Great. I got eight free beers from our friends at Beer 52, and an extra two for being a Borough Breakdown listener. I don't believe you. No, I'm serious. They're the world's largest craft beer club with beers from all over the world. You're joining the monthly club, but can cancel at any time. All you have to do is go to www beer52.com forward slash borough to get your free case now with a four ninety five postage. What? So all you have to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash borough and get a free case and only pay for the packaging. Yeah, that's it, mate. On support, Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for Craig Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Emerson! Welcome back to the Bull Breakdown Podcast, live on Red Army Radio and on the podcast apps. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Johnny, I'm with Dana. There's no Elliot this week. Elliot... Um, is away with Rudy Gestead on a <laughs> lovely two-week cruise around Barbados. Um, so we're joined um, by one of my best mates in the world. He's also a former striker for Darlington and York, and he's also been on the podcast before, Mr. Chris Dickinson. Chris, thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks for having me, Johnny. I know. Hey, see, you scored yesterday's all for sinners as well. I don't like to talk about that. All right, okay, we're, we're <laughs> moving on then. <laughs> moving on. Um, so let's chat about Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough drew on Tuesday night in a feisty display against Birmingham City, um, going 1-0 down after Lucas Chukovic's goal and... Oh, God. Ashley Fletcher equalised. <laughs> it's um, been that long. It's been that long, about the 50-some minutes um, to share the points and share the fisticuffs as well. Um, so, Dan, I'm going to start off with you. Draw. We missed a penalty early doors as well. Do you think it was a fair result in the end? I think, yeah, maybe. I mean, if you're looking at the head, <laughs> what is it, head injury gate, if you want to call it, then... Head gate. Yeah. Leo, Leo Perkovich gate. Then... Um, no, I think a, a draw was probably a, a deserved result. It, it, to be honest, Borough were really poor. I thought it felt like a pre-season friendly in, in many ways. You know, the atmosphere, the, the Riverside is very subdued. Um, there was just no tempo, no intensity, and, and we really failed to get going for, for you know the most part of the game. And I never really felt like we got control of it either. So, I don't know, yeah, we missed the penalty, but a draw probably in the end was, was the fair result, I'd say. 
You had a great dickle. Um, you, you spoke to me in the car about this. Paddy McNeil on a penalty, you're not happy about it. Obviously, you come from a striker's perspective. Do you think do you think strikers should always be on penalties, or do you think Fletcher should be asking McNeil and say, should I really be taking this, especially with the form he's in? At the end of the day, I think strikers get paid to score goals. Um, a free shot from 12 yards, there's no one that would take that penalty off me. Other than maybe he's Danny Erlinson is because he's older, but it must be it must be Jonathan Woodgate who's seen that in training. It's got to be picked because there was no arguments, there was no there was nothing. He just stood up and took it, so it, it must already be picked from the gaffer. So he must be the best at taking him. But me as a striker, no, you wouldn't you wouldn't get that off me. It's quite a poor penalty as well. Yeah, it was, it, awful. it was just. I mean, it was easy for Lee Camp really, and I was saying it to the people on the sports journalism group chat, like, how can you not score past Lee Camp? <laughs> I, thought, I, understood, I, thought, I, didn't, I couldn't believe Lee Camp was actually still alive if anything like he's been around for about since what 1987 or something he's been he's been, still got the same haircut as well hasn't he? same haircut same shorts same gloves you know he hasn't he hasn't, he hasn't even ever had a tan as well so I feel like he just goes to holiday in Butlins or something but it's uh, I can't believe it as well fair play to Lee Camp though for stopping the game when uh, Birmingham went on and nearly scored towards the end but in terms of Ashley Fletcher, um, another goal for him. He's now top scorer for the Borough. Um, Dicko, just from a striker's perspective, have you been impressed with Ashley Fletcher in his run of form? Is there anything that he could do to, to essentially get better? I think he's improved massively under Woodgate. I think you get certain managers at certain clubs where you just click and everything goes right. I think Jonathan Woodgate's good when he's with an arm round the shoulder for him because he went to Sunderland and he didn't really do much. And I thought, well, now he's been to Sunderland, he's going to start dropping down. But he's managed to pick himself up. He's been Borough's most consistent player, scores some great goals. But I don't know, it's, it's, it's it's difficult when you're a striker. I mean, if you think about all the injuries he's had as well, he's really had to take on ownership of scoring the goals with Britt out and... Rudiger said it's not really a main feature. You've got Nemetra who's just come in. I think what they need to do is they need to get a partnership. As soon as Nemetra and Fletcher get a partnership, I think that'll be that'll work wonders because they're both quick, they're both quite physical, they're both good at holding the ball. But on Tuesday, especially against Birmingham, they were both coming to feet. And there was no there was no I'm gonna go in behind, you're gonna drop in. It's all about getting a partnership. And as soon as they get that partnership, I think they'll flourish. I think Nemetra's a, a raw talent. I think Woodgate, given this, however long he's going to be with the club, I think he'll improve him. But the partnership's going to be massive for them both. Nemetcher mm. and Fletcher, good Nem- name that. Nemetcher Fletcher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I was really impressed with Lucas Nemetcher as well. Um, he's got, he's just got something about him as well. Um, it seems like he's very direct, and he's got, he's got pace for days, and it looks like we're just not utilising his strength so I, far. I just think he, he hasn't, he hasn't got, he hasn't got the awareness of Fletcher yet. See, strikers work off each other, especially when you're playing up as a two. One goes long, one comes short, vice versa, it changes all the time. But both of them were making very similar runs all game. Um, Fletcher took his goal absolutely brilliantly. What It was a, one of the best finishes probably of his season, apart from the one when he scores from the halfway line. But no, th- that's all they need. They need a partnership. Nemecha wouldn't be at Man City if he, if he didn't have something about him. I mean, to become a professional footballer at all is difficult. Mm. But to play for Man City... He's got to. He's got to have a real talent about him. Yeah, he burst on the scene um, against Leicester. I think it was. He looked. He looked really, really good when he first when he first burst on the scene. Then appreciate. And there's not really two good loan loans he's had. Really, Wolfsburg didn't really feature. Preston 
Mixed bag at Preston, wasn't it? Because yeah. when I initially looked, it was like they were saying, you know, what what doesn't the match offer? And then I think towards well later on when when it was announced uh, by Borough, a lot a lot a lot more Preston fans were saying that you know he's he's a good talent and you just didn't get the time. Mm. Speaking of time, Patrick Roberts injured again. Um, just came. He looks like an absolute magician. Um, when we spoke to him, but spoke about him last week a little bit in in depth, really. But him being injured now, and obviously Dale Fry going down as well. Mills were a bit light as well. Um, but do you think Patrick Roberts is going to be a bit of a miss, well, a massive miss, because we looked like we weren't going to take anything from the game when when he went off. Yeah, I think if anybody was going to really take take the game to uh, Birmingham, it was going to be Patrick Roberts. And I think first 20, 25 minutes, we were okay because he was on the pitch. And then as soon as he went off, we just lacked something. Um, and we, we missed him in that game. But apparently it's, he, he was taken off as a precaution. So hopefully, fingers crossed, it's nothing too too bad. Mind you, it's a hamstring. So you never know, doing muscle injuries around this time of the year. You need to be careful. Do you think Borough are paying the price now for like the bad recruitment over the last year? Because the squad's really light now. Yeah. Um, and... Well, it's been like for like the last few months. So, do you think now, obviously, with a couple of drop, like obviously, you, you can't can't complain losing to Fulham, um, and you can't complain losing to Spurs either. But you've also the draw to Birmingham. Do you think Mills were showing like a fatigue now? In terms, oh, definitely, of, yeah, definitely. In terms of fatigue, I mean, like I said last week, it's a young squad, and I think it's been pulled apart with injuries and, and suspensions, and it's gonna. I mean, the games are gonna catch up to Borough, but of course they are. But you know, we need that rotation, and I'm glad that we have this break now. I didn't actually realise last week that we have a break now because I thought we were playing yesterday. Um, Did you turn up to the ground looking for your <laughs> chips and curry? <laughs> yeah, I'll be like Peter Rod and Winking. <laughs> but yeah, um, we we definitely need this break now. I hope that you know the the squad can recuperate. I know that uh, Shotton and Friend are, are both back in training, um, Brit as well. So. You know we've got the options coming back, so that's that's an obvious plus. Um, but we just—I mean—we needed this break so much, and and I'm glad that it's come about. Mm. Another injury, Chris. Um, from a strikes perspective, you've seen Nathan Woody's making his league debut. Come on, if you're Lucas Djokovic, you must be licking your lips. Obviously, seeing the young lad come on. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a lot of mental games. I think obviously with the experience Djokovic has, he's very strong. He's very physical. He'd have targeted him all game. Um, but that's n- not a discredit to Nathan. Obviously, he's he's done something to make it to the first team, and he's obviously a talented footballer. But Djokovic is the type of player he is. He's not somebody to run in behind. He's not somebody who's going to test pace. He's going to pin. He's going to hold. He's going to bring players into play. And he'd have been licking his lips all day at that. Yeah. Um, impressed by Nathan? Would anyone happy? Yeah, I thought he was alright. Shaky start. There was a few iffy moments, but I think that was to be expected. To be honest, he was thrown a little bit in the deep end. Um, not that we probably intended uh, to to have him on the pitch, of course, with Dale Fry's injury. But he, I think he handled it well. I think he grew into the game, and and he was he was quite strong performance. It was very promising, and um, I think he's bulked up massively from when we first saw him. I know we said we've said on this podcast a few times that he's just not quite strong enough um, physically for this for this division. But I think it was a good outing, um, you know, league debut as well. So that's brilliant for him. Yeah, so a couple of loan spells will help him, I think. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, 100%. I was like, um, before I've spoke about going out to a league club and going down the divisions, because when you look at the likes of, say, Sinners and the say, like, time, like teams are like Whitby Town, it's very, very physical that towards those bottom divisions. And then even with League Two as well, you're going to probably learn loads from just that experience even 5, 10, 15 minutes here and there or even playing games it's just I think he needs as many games as possibly can to actually start getting get going really because he's probably not going to get back in the team when the players when the players come back in so 
I hope if he does go out that it's not just an easy throw into like Darlington Gates head, Hartlepool or anything because with Hayden Coulson he went to St Mirren and it was a real struggle for him there because they were struggling themselves and I think it, it makes a player um, you know when you're in your kind of I mean not to throw them in that deep end at a relegate you know a team that are battling relegation because I think that that'll probably you know go against the whole growing thing in terms of playing performance but um, I hope that if we do let him out, that it's not just a, an easy pathway to to Hartlepool or whatever. Which I mean, I say easy pathway, it probably won't be, you know, as cut and dry as that. But I hope that they test him a little bit and, and maybe send him to a club that that isn't in this region necessarily, so he can grow as a person, not just a player. Mm, agreed, agreed. So in terms of outgoings, is there any more you'd let you let go in the January window apart from Nathan Wood? Is there anyone else? Rudiger Stead maybe. If you Rudiger could... Stead massively. Yeah, get him massively. Rudiger. I mean, he's not playing. He's taking a probably a I don't know how much he's on, but I'm guessing he's taking a big wage. Highest paid player at the club. Exactly. And he's not gonna play. He's not as Ouch. good as the other three strikers. My my personal opinion, he's not we don't play the type of football that's gonna suit Rudy Gestead. We we we're we're trying to create now passing out from the back, playing football, playing through the thirds, getting wingers involved like Tav, Roberts, getting them involved. It's not gonna link in with Rudy and we need the money really. So that's definitely one I'd get rid of. Oh, do you just cut ties? Since since there's, there's not going to be many people wanting Rudy Gustad really. There's what one goal in three years or something. It was a great Sorry, finish, though. Like oh, it was a superb finish. It I was mean, a great finish. I mean, he pulled his back out when he did that. So <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't. I know. With well, his injury problems. Well, I was speaking speaking to Connor last night about Rudy Gustad, and so Connor's. Um, I'm going to get him on the podcast, and he's he's a sports sports and conditioning coach, but he's also mm. like specialised in fat loss and stuff like that. Um, and we were chatting about Rudy Gestead, and if you've ever watched Rudy Gestead walk, it's it's painful. Like I don't his know posture. how his posture, his ankles, the way he walks, got duck mm. feet, is like his hips. <laughs> Did you watch Inside so- Match Day? Oh from- man. I was it's watching brutal. Inside Match Day from um, the West Brom game, and when Ashley Fletcher scored that insane goal, and everyone started celebrating to the Borough fans, he started running, and then for some reason he just stopped, and then he looked like he was in agony. It was just like the, a split second run, and then he he was like crouched down, like bent down, like holding his ankles. I'm telling you, there's something massively wrong with him. Like Rudy Gestead offers something as a professional oh, footballer. Oh, he does massively, yeah. but just not at this team. It hasn't worked. He's cost a lot of money to the club. Shake hands, part ways. Whether six it be million in uh, in wages, that. in wages alone, that six million. And then obviously it was less for Alves, wasn't it? <laughs> Afonso Alves was just a joke. Like <laughs> you spend fifteen million quid on him, and he scores what six goals? Go a wall, and then he just <laughs> Boris goal machine. Boris goal machine. <laughs> the worst banner ever. <laughs> I, mean, I actually thought he was going to be good. Him and Lee Dongook, but it's never really materialised. <laughs> Lee Dongook. Wow. I could have played instead of Lee Dongook, mate. Couldn't even get a game for sinners. <laughs> Uh, but you know what, Gareth Southgate, what does he know? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> now England gaffer, but now obviously another injury as well. Um, Dale Fry, Patrick Roberts, there's Shotten out, there's Friend out. We've got, Mills have got a massive line of injuries. Should we be looking at the sports and conditioning side of things? Because a lot of them are muscle injuries and yes, appreciate you do play a lot of games and it's repetitive and it can take its toll on the body. But is that some, is this something we should be looking at? Because... The same type of injuries are happening over and over again. I think it's only really Brit that's had a, like a physical contact injury. Everyone else just seems muscular. That was a horrible tackle as well from Darren Pratley. Mm. Awful tackle. Should we look at it? I don't know. I don't know. Connor's probably better off at answering that one than myself. But when you when you're a 
when you're a footballer, you can get told everything in the world. You can get told to do your stretches. You can get told to do this and your sprint and this and this and this. Whether you take it on board or not, personally, there's got to be more to blame than the sports coach. Mm. Do you think fatigue's actually a thing, especially when you're winning games? Like- Massively, the squad's too small. We, there's not enough rest. Championships hard. Championships twice as hard as the Premier League because of the games, the amount of games, and the short span of time you've got to recover. You tweak your hamstring in the Premier League, you maybe have a week, unless you're in Champions League or anything. You have a week to recover. You have a week for rehabilitation, massaging, different things. But you play on a Wednesday night. You play on a Saturday. You play Tuesday night. You play on a Friday night. They come very, very fast. The Middlesbrough, especially with your experienced players, they can't afford to drop people for a tweak. Yeah, it's. Well, it's it. we spoke a lot on this podcast about recruitment and it's hopefully we can start getting a couple of signings in. Um, Jonathan Woodgate said in his last press conference after the Birmingham games, he's looking to add to the team one or two more additions before the transfer window closes. Ben Gibson, that rumour keeps keeps lingering. He's also been linked with Watford now as well. So if you're Ben Gibson, who would you rather go? Would you come back to Middlesbrough or would you go to like a Watford and say keep in the Premier League? Well, it depends what Watford's um, centre-half pairings are like. I know it's... I mean, not, is it? not great. I mean, I can't even, I can't even name I my can't, Yeah, I can't. I'm just thinking Craig Cathcart, <laughs> which just says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's he's awful. Him. Well, anyways, no, I, I mean, if you want to, you know, revitalise your career, you go back where, you know, you, your home is, really. And I think that under Jonathan Woodgate, Ben Gibson can thrive again. And it's just such a shame that he's missed his peak or he's, he's in his peak, but he's not playing. And it, and it's a bit strange that, that Sean Dyche um, just isn't giving him an opportunity. I know that he's been also, he's been rotating with Kevin Long on, on the bench and he's not been on it recently. So it probably adds fuel to the fire, to be honest. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him here. But like I said uh, uh, last week, um, the injuries are a little bit of an issue because we are struggling with injuries at the moment. So if you've got Ben Gibson, then... You know, you you have to weigh up whether it's actually worth it or not. Yeah, um, but also British on longer as well. Dicko. Um he's been linked with moves away um, to Leeds as well um, for five million pounds. But it looks like they're going to get Augustine from oh, I can't remember the name Leipzig from Leipzig. Yeah, uh, and he's going to sign on a loan and then a permanent in the summer for fifteen million euros. Um, but also British on Belonger, he has been linked away with Bristol City as well. Um, we have a couple of questions about Brit, but one, do you sell him if you get the right money for him? No. You don't sell him? I wouldn't sell Brit. Why? I agree. You, ne- you, ne- you need to keep Brit. He's been the top goal scorer at the club for for two years. I, I don't. I wouldn't class him as a Premier League Premier League striker. I, don't, I think he misses too many chances before he scores, but he's got to stay at the club. He's a big, big character at the club, um, and he... His influence on the pitch alone, even him just being on the pitch, will help the other players as well, especially the young lads we've got coming through. He's, he's got, he's, he does score goals, mm. but we just need to keep him fit. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Ben Strickland asked the question, does Samba Longa fit into the system as well as Fletcher? I know you mentioned that Lucas Nemecha and uh, Ashley Fletcher would have a good partnership and they need to strike that partnership, but do you think Samba Longa would fit into that system or would you put him on the bench or you do are, you start him? Samba Longa starts. For me, he starts. I think Fletcher at this moment can't be dropped for his impact and his goals. But Nometcha coming through, he's definitely got to play games. But it, it's a manager always wants choices. British on Belonga is different in the both of them. So for me, there's got to be the three. 
I think you've got to have rotation with the squad being short. All it takes is the Metro Fletcher to get injured and the Belonger's back in. He won't come straight back into the team, but definitely, definitely need him there. And that answers Paul Mack's question of saying, do you think the Belonger will be missed? I think I think he will be as well. Um, we don't have... We don't have the, we don't have time. It's, we don't have like I wouldn't even take the chance of of letting Brick go. To be honest, um, one just because of our recruitment record, you know, we'd probably bring Guardiola again or something, <laughs> or like we bring in Lee Donkey's brother. Um, but it's I don't think we sell him in this window. But if you're looking, say the summer, and appreciate, and I agree with you, Chris, you can't really drop him, and he brings influence. But it's also the wage side of things. He's he's on a lot of money. Um, and it's like, well, can one can we afford him? And two, does he want to be still? You know, as a champion in, in a championship team, who would you bring in that's going to be better than him? That is the question, isn't it? Mm. Because Jason Rod, we're not, we're not, we're not going to go up this year, in not, my opinion. Oh, we're not near. So we need a championship prolific goal scorer. Mm. You get rid of Brit. Who would you bring in? I think you look um, within the division, and it depends on what system you want to play. Still, but, but uh, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. I'm gonna, you've got to test the waters again. So it'd be like, would you bring in a Jordan Rose again to fit, try and fit the system? What does he fit? Do you bring in Ivor Tony from Peterborough? Um, He's quality, by the way. Great player. Like, you, do you pay the, the six million pound that they want for him? And do you take the risk with the champ with those League One player coming in the Championship? Yeah, Can that, he do that's it? the thing with exactly. Tony, I think. Or do you try and bring in Niketia from Arsenal? Who's do you want another year out on loan? But then with that, it's a, much? it's a loan, isn't it? Exactly, he's a loan. So you only fill in the gap for a little bit. Mm, but it's for one season. Some belong has done it for two years now. Yeah. So there's nothing that's going to stop him doing it for three, four, five. He is renowned for scoring goals. Yes, he misses chances. Yes, but he's always in the right place. As a striker, I'd rather be in the box and miss than to not be there at all. And he's always getting the chances. So for me, no matter how much he costs, I mean, I don't know what the wages are like at Middlesbrough. I don't know what budget we have. I don't know how Steve Gibson's managing it all. But he's one that you've just got to say, right, we'll give you another two-year contract. We'll pay you this. Hope he stays and then try and get out the league because I don't think he's a Premier League striker. I no. genuinely don't. He's got that Cameron Jerome syndrome, hasn't he? Where like he's too, he's, he might be too good for the Championship, but like he's not good enough for the Premier League. To be, to be fair, I mean he hasn't been tested yet in the Premier League, but I, I do get it. I, I do think that he probably won't be, but you never know, do you? Well, I could start a room up again, like I did before with Crystal Palace, <laughs> China. <laughs> I mean, you look at like the likes of Danny Ings <laughs> and people like that. Danny Ings is a prolific goal scorer in a bad team. Mm-hmm. You've got the likes of Troy Deeney. Bad team in the Premier League, but scores goals. Massive influence. He is the same for us, but in the Championship. But you've seen that last time. We had Negredo and it didn't work. Negredo, best player that's been at Middlesbrough for the past 100%. how many years? Amazing. Unbelievable. He was very, very much underappreciated. 100%. And yeah. we aren't going to have a striker like that. We haven't got the capability or the money anymore to provide strikers like that. So Britt has to stay. Fair enough, fair enough. Just a quick question, who would you bring in? If you if you could have it, has no one got an answer? What for, striker? Striker, yeah. Jay Rodriguez, maybe, do you test the waters? 31? He's not going to leave. Yeah, he won't leave, will he? He won't leave Burnley. Vidra? Uh, Vidra, Naki Wells, maybe? Naki Wells is a player. Um, see, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's, it's a tough yeah. one, 
But with Woodgate, anyone wants one or two more players coming in. Who would you bring in? I know we said centre-backs. And is there anywhere else where you look for cover? Because we are pretty much light, especially in right-back as well, where it's only really Jed Spence. Dick Steele's not going to be back for another couple of months. And when we've spoke about it in the past, I think Dick Steele might be better in more of a central position. And so it's like, who do you really look for? Is, is it defensive cover that you want? Do you want to go into the midfield and try and find like another gem like Patrick Roberts to have on loan again? Or who would you really look for? I think we need to focus on the defence. Um, I think left-back's fine because we've got Coulson and Marvin Johnson. But right-back, I keep going to right-back. I think that it's it's going to be a little bit difficult if, if Jed Spence essentially runs out of gas and, and <laughs> that boy can run as well and he's he's... Putting in 100% every game. Mm. Um, I think he's played 90 minutes the like past four games straight or something like that. So, you know, he's going to be tested already as it is. So the fact that we haven't brought in another right back is worrying to me. But as well, I, I put it on Twitter yesterday, like, why haven't we brought in a centre-back yet? You know, that should have been mm. the first thing that we brought in in the window. And, yeah, fair enough, brilliant signings. Um, Patrick Robertson, you know, the, there's good signs for, for Nemecha, but... You know, we should have brought in a, a centre-back early on. And, of course, it's not as cut, cut and dry as that because it's January transfer window and it's always quite frantic. And the players that you want to bring in, you can't bring in so easily because there's you know, bidding wars and, you know, teams playing hardball and whatnot. But, I mean, it's the final week of the window, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it's, so, a, it's the final week. It's finished on Friday. Mm, the day so, after my birthday. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, you've got to bring in a, a centre-back. You know, we've been linked with Cameron Carter-Vickers recently, Ben Gibson, um, the Bournemouth centre-back, Jack Simpson, I think Yeah, it Jack is. Simpson, yeah. So, you know, there's options out there. I just hope that we can bring one in, at least one. Because I know we've got players coming back, like Friend and Shotton, mm. um, but we definitely need defensive reinforcements. Yeah, as much as it's exciting for players to come in on the transfer deadline day, I think for me, you, when you're looking for January, you've got to be sign, looking to sign players in that December time, that, dis, that early, that late December or like start of December. You need to be ident- or identify that player a few months in advance because if you think about it, if you bring a player in like they say the 31st of January, they're not and if they're not fully fit or something, you've got like it takes you about a month to get in and know the place and get up to speed. So then that's the back end of February and March. Mm. And then you could have anything that happens to you. So and obviously you got to have two you have a two week break in March as well. So the middle of March, start of April, you're only really starting getting going and the season ends in May. So yeah. it's like it's pretty pointless. So I feel like for us we've kind of unless we're bringing in someone now who's got like who can I who can I think of? If you're gonna bring in a Caleb Fallan, right? And just play like one game and never be seen again. <laughs> um but like or like a Sean St. Ledger or something, like play like six games and, and bugger off somewhere. Um we might have to do that just just essentially yeah. for squad depth because it looks like I'd just bring in loans. Yeah, we bring in a loan, but like what do you do? Do you bring in like someone with experience or just bring in someone to make up the numbers? I'd I I he must have seen the Liverpool Everton game. How many of them kids need experience playing first-team football from a Premier League club? And by the way, they're not out of the depth. They're mm. actually talents. And they're still playing youth football. They're, mm. they're not playing in front of 14, 13, 14,000. That is where I'd be looking. I'd be looking at Premier League teams. There's kids that need experience, need to get out on loan, and need to learn the man's game. And I think that that'd be the best way forward for Middlesbrough at present because we don't have five million to go out and buy somebody. But then if you say that, there's Nathan Wood, isn't there? So you could well argue that, well, why can't we put Nathan Wood in there? 
Mm. So I, I get what you're saying. It's just that there is that old argument that if we're bringing in youngsters from other teams, why can't we use our own sort of yeah. thing? But I mean, we have, but yeah, not no, I, I completely agree. We, I think that we are using our young players well, but we need we need some we need something else. And you've seen the creativity that Liverpool can bring as youngsters. You've seen the creativity from all of the Premier League divisions, where the, these kids are playing under Klopp. They're playing under managers like Pep Guardiola. They're, they're sitting there and they're learning every day off these types of managers. Not only will it help them to be separated from Pep and learn about championship style, Jonathan Woodgate style, but they can also bring Pep's influence into the team as well, or Klopp's influence. Again, great managers. So, for me, that's what I'd do. But like you said, Nathan Wooden, the youngsters were bringing in, like, Lids' son. Mm. Mm, Liz, great, yeah. great experience. Great experience. Craig must be absolutely over the moon because he used to train with us when he was fourteen, when I was at Darlow, and he was a talent then. Mm, do you think I'm gonna sound pretty? I don't know. If, I don't want to sound pretty harsh, but do you think you looked a bit like? Obviously, you'd look pretty shell shocked if you made your debut at um, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. You made yours at Portsmouth, I think. So mm. was it Plymouth? So it. It, what did you think of his performance actually just in general do you think he just did alright did the basics well or to be fair I watched the full game I didn't really focus on him because he's just a young kid and he's playing at one of the best grounds in the world I just thought there's going to be no judgement here just go out enjoy it because you, you might never get that chance again there's 90, 80, 90,000 there mm. playing against Sun playing on the same pitch where Mourinho stood on the far side he must have absolutely loved it and Credit to the kid because he must have done something right to get there. Mm, I, I wouldn't have slept that night. I wouldn't have slept. Been I wouldn't have either. It'd been, it'd been unreal. I don't think you can sleep. I'd have been sponsored by Nescaf the next morning. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> this podcast doesn't isn't doesn't condone any sponsors by Nescaf. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <I guess. laughs> Um But in terms of silence to bring in Ike, I agree. We may, we should go down that route of looking towards Premier League and see players who might need the experience. Nico... Well, would you not go for an already experienced centre back that isn't getting in the team that could benefit the youngsters around them? For example, Coulson and Spence. Like Danny Bart, like the season last year, was a great signing. Yeah, is exactly what we needed. But when you've got the likes of, say, Friend coming back, you've got Shot and you've got Ayala going to come back as well. Friend for me, he's not going to play like anymore. I think. Would you not play him left side of centre back, centre half? Because it's the only left. Half. Yeah, put... same. I would as well. It depends. though. I think if it's like. He's had have... he's had so many injuries the last couple of seasons. Mm. You got to think of it. Obviously, if, 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 it doesn't really matter about pace. If you can read the game really well, you're not going to look out of place. Defensively, he's sound. Yeah. He, he is sound defensively, friend. He's lost his legs. He's not as quick as what he was. He does read the game very well. For me, I, I, it'd be brilliant to put centre half. Mm. We don't have another left footer, and we've seen it this season that Shotton got criticised yeah. massively. But it, he's never going to be comfortable left side centre half yeah. when you're right footer with Dale Fry as well. It's the same. But it's if you bring if Sif they bring Gibson in, then it's like yeah, does Fred should friend feature because if Gibson if, comes in, that, that's a different you, sort. That's got, a different argument that we've got there. But yeah. Gibson isn't hasn't come yet. Yeah, so you you bring you bring friend back in. Yeah, I think well, it comes back to what I was saying like a couple of weeks ago when I was saying if you watch Mills with playing now. Um, they always try to look to switch the play when they're playing across the centre halves. Housing is always looking for that diagonal ball to say Coulson if Coulson's run up the wing, and it's vice versa for um, oh, was he Spence. Spence. Yeah, I can't believe you forgot Spence. your boy. I know. 
Unbelievable. Um, I know. It's, it's one of those days. I've not, I'm, it's because I haven't got a coffee on me. That's why I haven't had my coffee <laughs> today. Fair enough. <laughs> I've not, I've not had my Starbucks coffee today. Chris. <laughs> uh, um, Product placement. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a Frando's last night. It's, it's, it's not good, man. I'm not, I'm not, Sponsor us. <laughs> please. <laughs> Three meals. Um, <laughs> Just lost me trick of thought now. You were on about switching the when yeah, Boris switched the players. About, switch, about switching the players, I think if if Frank comes back in, it would work well. Um, but I think if if he if if Frank comes back, who do you drop? Because do you take Johnny Housen out of centre half? Because Housen's been the best centre half we've had in his midfielder. Or do you take Dale Fry out the team? Um, because well, I thought he's been he's done better in recent weeks, but he hasn't been great all season. Danny Ayala, he's like a ticking time bomb, but he's probably one of the best defenders in the championship. So you've got the options there. It's like, who do you take out? But also, Friend is really good for the changing room as well. He's he's pretty much that leader. I remember when Jed Spence made his debut, he was on the other side of the touchline. He was in the East Stand, he was, wasn't he? He was sat in the East Stand, in the East family stand. stand. Red like, Army. Yeah, just giving him the... That shows you how much he, he loves the young kids coming through and the club, and I, I think he's massively important to Middlesbrough, George Friend. Mm. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, we get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> Flog him for a free. We sell it more now. <laughs> we sell we sell it like Bradford or somewhere. <laughs> um, but player, I would like to see if just in terms of like if we have to bring a player in, Nico Williams at Liverpool right back. Yeah, absolute yeah, player, absolute player. Um, good, good would give cover for Jed Spence as well. But then it's like Jed Spence is only like he doesn't start over. Jed Spence, not what he's done since he's came. Mm-hmm. But Jed Spence only what eighteen, nineteen as well. So he's been brilliant. He wears his heart on his sleeve every game. You can see that he just he just loves being out on that pitch, and that that's what being a youngster is all about. There's no fear, and he's playing with no fear at the moment. Hmm. There was a moment on Tuesday night where he, I think he, um, he was quite high up the pitch. And then he got back, and he made a tackle in the East Stand, and everyone just stood up and applauded him. It was like a standing ovation for him, and it's just that tenacity and that desire to to win the ball back. And you can tell he's hungry for it. You can tell that he really wants to be in this. It team. was a very lethargic game, but he keeps. What what we always get told is do something to get the fans going, and he does things that get the fans on your side. Even if it's a nil nil still, a boring game. What will pick it up will be someone like Jed Spence, like Tav. Tav can just do something like that, and it's done. It's like Triore as well, wasn't yeah. it? Triore is still Triore has improved massively now, but that's what Triore was doing. He was just creating little little ten seconds, little twenty seconds that got the fans back on side, mm. and I think that's what the Borough need because the Riverside's flat. Oh, it wasn't choosing out until the fracas ensued at the end of the game. Yeah, what well, was Leo that? He, he let's let's, let's, that. let's chat about this because I've I've tried to hold off as for as much as I could. Uh, but the mass <laughs> brawl on Tuesday night, what did you make of it? Because I thought it was just outrageous. I, I didn't it, know what was going on. I thought it was great. It was great crack. Um, but like <laughs> in terms of, so I think the ref should have stopped the game earlier because yeah. head injury and he never. Um, then I can't. I, I just don't see why Pep Clotet's mad for because <sighs> the game should have been stopped anyway. The ref stopped it before the ball even went in to the box. I think he even looked offside. I don't think he was though. Um, I think it was Djokovic that. It was. Or was it Djokovic? Magoma oh, that looked. That knocked it. Djokovic knocked it in, didn't it? But it was Magoma. Magoma that, that flicked it on. Yeah. Flicked it on. Magoma was marginally onside slash offside. But anyway, none of that should have really happened. The game should have stopped, and then. I look to my right and I just see Leo like storming, like <laughs> someone's like talking to his missus outside of Empire, <laughs> and he just starts laying into Pep Clotet. Do you think 
you think it's um, it's like boiled over from like the previous monk tenure as well? Because there's a few people from monk tenure. Oh yeah, Sean Ma- Rush. Yeah, Sean Rush and F- is it Flavolo? Okay. Flavolo. Uh, yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's called <laughs> Todd or something. Uh, Daryl, I think he's called. Yeah, it's called Daryl. But uh, what do you just make of it? Because it was just absolutely mental. Like it had, like I said, I didn't know what was going on because I saw like Chris Mosley like run onto the pitch and like Lee Camp was frantically signalling for for him to come on, and then I looked on the other side and play was still going on. And I think what had happened in the Birmingham defender Maxine Collins said it himself is that the referee blew before Jukovic had scored. So I don't know what Pep Clotet is going on about saying that you know we should allow Birmingham to walk the ball in the back of the net or, or insinuating that we should do a a Leeds Aston Villa. But I mean, it's a head injury and it. it in my opinion, it's quite disgusting and disgraceful the the reaction to it from Pep, Pep Clotet and and the Birmingham um, people from a Birmingham persuasion. Because if you've got a head injury, you need to be diligent with that and, and cautious, and you need to act quickly because we've seen it with Ryan Mason, Petacek. You know, head injuries can be can be awful, career ending, and you know you need to give the benefit of the doubt to the injured player. And, and I think it's just disgraceful that that they didn't, mm. and they're still going on about it. Oh, like no. it, it shouldn't have been a goal anyway. The referee blew the whistle before the ball was in the back of the net. Mm. Look, Pep Clotet just papering over in the cracks, and the cracks being that he just isn't a very good manager. Still living in Gary Monk's shadow, <laughs> which is a bad place to be. <laughs> I know, that's, that's a bold, that's a bold comment. That um, well, they all want him out, don't they? Oh, Pep, yeah, yeah. You so mean, when when you lose away, uh, to be fair, they drew yesterday at St Andrews, so that's a tough place to go. Um, <laughs> We're playing golf. <laughs> No, no, they weren't playing golf, Chris. They were at the St. Andrews uh, Stadium in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the gag there, right, was the... Um, so Coventry, right? Coventry is sharing the ground at uh, Birmingham. Right. And Coventry were the home Oh, team. Coventry were at home, yeah, I see. See, hey, I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking. Well done. Thanks for that, mate. <laughs> 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 Tickets for my show. Sponsored by Nescaf. Is this uh, the new 2003? Probably will be now, thanks, Chris. You've got your own catchphrase after the, your, sec- your second appearance on the Borough Breakdown. That's you've got how your you own know. catchphrase. That's how you know you're part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of Leo Persevich, Chris, um, I want to pull from your experience as a professional. Um, well, for however how long it was been. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I went there, Chris. Was that a cheeky dig there? It was a, no, it, was, it wasn't a dig, Chris. Is is a very very good centre forward. Um, so when we were growing up, Chris was levels above everyone else. He was playing like <laughs> so. We met me and Miss me and Chris met when we were about six, and we had about what two or three training sessions together, Chris. And then the next thing you know, Chris just appeared uh, disappeared off the face of the earth, and now he's playing a level above me, just a joke. <laughs> and then like next thing you know, he's signing for York. I'm getting stopped in the toilet asking me if I know Chris and all sorts. It was so weird. Won it right, anyway, sorry, Leo Persevich. <laughs> um So what do you think he brings to a changing room? Because he's very enthusiastic and he's loving, he's always like passionate with the fans. Do you think that resonates with the team as well? Um, it means everything. Yeah. Leo Perkovich symbolizes Middlesbrough. Anybody I say, oh, have you seen Borry? Yeah, well that goalkeeper coach is mad. In the dressing room, he'll be the same. He'll be somebody who players will definitely try and wind up. They'll get him going all the time because you can see he's a biter. Mm. He'll bite all the time, and it, it, I reckon every day with him will just be a laugh. I can't see, I can't see him ever being in a bad mood. I can't see him ever not wanting to come into work. I think it'll be just be a joy to be around, and it'll be brilliant for the players as well. Mm. So it's three. <laughs> 
It's a three-game ban now, um, just for walking across and laying... He'll be in the faction, won't he? He'll be in the red faction. He probably will be, you know. He prob- I He'll get he'll the be, drum. Yeah, definitely. He'll be on the drums. Of course he will. No, I, I, I'd love to meet him. I'd love to sit down and just... I reckon it'll be such an erratic conversation. I reckon he couldn't hold the conversation for longer than 10 seconds. He'll be doing something mad, like throwing a palm or somebody walking past him or just doing something stupid. I just think he'll be... I just think, honestly, he'd be a great laugh. We have we have met uh, Leo. Uh, we met him when we had a uh, hospitality. Was it far off? Um, mate, really lovely bloke. Yeah, really definitely. lovely bloke. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be. Shows how one. strong he is as a character as well, from what he's been through and everything like that. And he deserves the respect that he's got oh, because definitely. to bounce back from what he's been through, to come back and still be as passionate and still love the Borough fans. And to be fair, the Borough fans backed him a hundred percent all the way. So that's a credit to our our small little town. Because he is, he is like a hero. He's like a cult hero in this town now. Mm, there was one, uh, yeah, Leo is. But there was one player I was really impressed with in that mass brawl, and um, it was George Savile, um, <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, <laughs> or bother. Um, <laughs> it, it clearly looked like in this past week, George Savile has became a bit. He's starting to become a bit, a bit of a cult hero on T side now because he just seems to be like doing like just random stuff off the pitch. And it's just people start to love him even more. Do you think that's oh, going to really... right in the thick of that one, the, in the, um, it. the brawl. Right in the middle of it, actually. He was, like him and Woodgate as well. Have you seen all like, the fours as well? Like, everyone's like saying, you are. Like... <laughs> yeah. Very much that, isn't it? Uh, I'll, I'll have you. I'll have, I'll have you, me outside. You, me, outside Dickens now. He's a, he's a good player as well. He is a very good player. Mate, Technically, Tabler. very, very, very good. Do you think the £7 million fee that we paid for him just shadows... Is any his ability that he's done, or what he's seven million, what he's done. seven million in this market now? What are you going to get? You got Minamino. That Liverpool. was a, mm, that was a one-off. I That's think that an eighteen-year-old that they're taking a gamble on. George George Sav George Savile is a good footballer. Seven million ten years ago, you'd have said maybe he's overpaid. Now I think you're paying the right price for somebody like George Savile. That's very controversial. Uh, that's very controversial because a lot of Borough fans really hate that fee, and I think that's why it's took him so long to to really delve and start to perform I think it's just, it's just shadowed him so much Borough have paid the pressure fee as well. Borough have paid the fee the player hasn't the player doesn't impact the fee the, the club pay what the what they, what they think the fee is so that shouldn't be any distinction to the footballer but nevertheless they are £7 million for Middlesbrough is a lot of money so he has got big boots to fill but that shouldn't impact the way the fans feel about George not, not for the money that they've paid anyway hmm Fair enough, but to be fair, George Savile he hasn't he hasn't proved recent weeks. He's also become a cult hero on T side. Maybe Tony Pulis was right. Maybe he is going to be a future Millsbrook football club captain. Do you reckon though? Probably not. But I, I don't know. You don't know what he just brings in the changing room though. Like some there's like some players that bring everything in that changing room, and they can set the tone. They can set the atmosphere. They can dictate who gets fines and who doesn't get fines. They can do a lot, a lot of things. Um, so he could be doing a lot of things outside the outside the pitch. Um, like Johnny Housen, I think Johnny Housen is if if friend obviously friends not being playing, but I would probably give Housen the captaincy on a permanent basis. Even if Ayala comes back, I just think he's been so good this season. He's a top pro in every position he's played in. He's been phenomenal. He could play in goal. Him, he could he? play in goal. Um, he's a quality talent. Helps. So I think that maybe I don't obviously I don't know what what goes on, but. I think he, I would probably give him the captaincy now. But here we are. Mm, it's a shout, to be fair, because, I mean, out of him, 
Ayala and friend, he's probably the fittest. Because mm. Ayala always has a puts his holidays in in January and then friends crooked, isn't he? It's like Mbappe's sister. <laughs> <laughs> Not Mbappe, Neymar. Neymar. Neymar's sister. Where did Mbappe go? Housen's excellent. Housen mm. is an excellent footballer. Oh, it really is. It really is. It really is. Well, let's move on. Let's chat about Blackburn on Saturday. Um, Tony Mowbray returns to the Riverside once again. Um, Bradley Dack is reportedly still injured. I think yeah, he's, he's injured out, for out, a while now, yeah. for the rest of the season, so that is a big miss for Tony Mowbray's team. But the likes of Lewis Holtby have came in now and made a bit of a difference. But Dan, have you had a quick look at Blackburn and see what you could find? Yeah, I've got a, a couple of stats. Um, we are, of course, with that draw against Birmingham we're now undefeated in our last eight home matches not quite Fortress Riverside yet but obviously we're getting our form back um, at home which is really important um, for any betting people they've been under 2.5 goals scored in five of Borough's last six games I'll put that on <laughs> uh, there's also well, there's been over 2.5 goals scored in Blackburn's last three away games um, I'm not a betting person so make of that what you will but Blackburn for me they're a strange team because I feel like whenever they start to get going, things just come to a grinding halt and, and their form kind of you know goes down the, the drain a little bit. But Tony Mowbray's got them well drilled. Um, I remember earlier on in the season, I think it, I think it was this season, they, they played to try and combat us because I think they put um, Sam Gallagher on the wing to, you know, up against Coulson, which was a complete mismatch, but it worked for them in the end and, you know, Tony Mowbray is a is a good manager. He's a wily manager, and um, you know he's got this this team playing. I think Adam Armstrong's a, is a good player that stepped up this season. Um, you know they're a good team. You know they've they've got a, they've assembled a team over the years that are not too dissimilar to Sheffield United in the sense that they've you know kind of kept them on and and added to the squad as well. So um, it'll be a tight game, but hopefully home advantage will will you know, mean that Borough win the game. Mm. There is one player that stood out for them this season and we released him to Blackburn. Uh, oh, yeah. Stuart Downing, six assists this season uh, for Blackburn. He seems to pull the strings every time he plays. Chris, do you think Borough were right to let Downing go um, at the end of his contract? No. No, no. class is permanent, isn't it? Down- Downing wouldn't have played for all them clubs and had the career he's had if he wasn't an unbelievable talent. Um, I think he's been probably Blackburn's best player by a million miles and on Saturday oh when are they playing Blackburn is Saturday Saturday yeah um, Tony Mowbray will have him pumped you've got Downing will get him pumped because he'll want to come here and do a number no, how much he loves the borough he'll still want to beat them and you've got other borough players there as well so it, it's going to be a very heated game I think and I think borough for the, after surviving maybe the first 20 minutes where they're playing on adrenaline mm-hmm. and then slowly building into the game yeah, it's going to be going to be a massive twenty minutes, isn't it? it I is. think it's it's going to be more more of a game of who scores first. I think. Oh yeah, um, and I think that'll dictate the game. The championship's weird, man. It's like you you can score the first game and then get beat five one. Um, but yeah. it, it it happens in this league. But I think with this type of game, and like you said, Chris, with with Mowbray down in Smallwood, yes, Chapman hasn't played this season at all, um, which is a shame. Mm. I think he's got bags of talent, Harry Chapman as well, but hasn't. Just injuries, injuries. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really tough game for us, to be honest. We haven't um, got a good record against them. Just looking now, we've only won one of our last six matches, drawn three, and where they've won two. Yeah, the two games that they have won, I went to. Um, <laughs> yeah, both at Blackburn as well. Um, 
Yeah, the, the one this season, and then I went the one where I got Karanka played two up front, and we got beat 2-1, <laughs> and then Karanka came out and said, ah, oh, well, I tried 4-4-2, so it doesn't really work, so there you go. Love all, love all like that. Anyway, but let's do your predictions, guys. We're wrapping up time. Score predictions. Score predictions. Um, or are you going to do a team as well? No, I'll pass over that one. 2-0. Um, 2-0. Borough. 2-0 Borough. Chris? Bordeaux. Bordeaux 0-0. Mm, that's a shout. It is a shout. <sighs> yeah, that, that is a good shout, to be fair. Um, see, I was right against uh, Birmingham. So oh, yeah. Well, I, you know. I said... He'd two- never let anybody forget that, has he? No. no. Every he's, time. He mentioned it in the group chat, now he's mentioned it again. Yeah. Just, 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 just letting let everyone it. know that I got He texted me it 16 times last week. <laughs> well, I said it's got 2-0 Borough written all over it, didn't I? So yeah. that was the, um, it's true. the prediction of death there. Uh, Jinxed it. I'm going to go with... I'll go 1-0 Borough. Oh, 0-0, 1-0, 2-0. I'm going to throw out there, I'm just going to say Lewis Holtby's going to get a goal offside. It's just... Just throwing it out there. Is that what you're throwing out there? Yeah. Just throw out there, request a bit or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I can do that, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, I tell you what, it could be a good bet, though. Like, request a bet, maybe like over three or four yellow cards. I mean, It'll be a very heated game. I, I think there'll be a lot of cards in the game. Mm-hmm. I really do. I do. I think, well, I think at the start of the season when we went there um, to Ewell Park, we were absolutely woeful. Mm. Um, it was Steve Watt came on, didn't he? Mick? Was it his league debut or something daft like that? Yeah, it was a Dyke Steel uh, penalty, Steel. wasn't it? Yeah, that was. It wasn't even a penalty either. It was. No. It was very, very soft. Very yeah, soft. but tough. Anyway, that wraps things up, guys. Thank you very much. Um, as always, guys, like, share, subscribe to the Board Breakdown channel. Um, give us five star rating on Apple Podcasts. That helps us get charted. Um, but also allows other Borough fans to find us um, on Apple Podcasts as well. Um, if you're not following our pages. Um, I can't believe you're not even following us, to be honest, because our banter's hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, so follow the Borough underscore breakdown on Twitter, but also the, the Borough breakdown on Facebook and Borough breakdown on Instagram now. Um, but that wraps things up. Chris, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Um, welcome anytime. Um, Dana, thank you much. With your Nescaf. With your Nescaf. Everyone go out and buy some Nescaf, please. <laughs> <laughs> right, that wraps things up. Um, Borough play Tony Mowbray's uh, Blackburn on Saturday. It's going to be heated, but I reckon the Borough are going to steal one. That's it from us. Up the Borough. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide.